Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. This is a case study that really is like hot off the presses. This was just the last four months of 2022. And like I said, it's in the personal injury law space. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So step three. So we've already gone through like two steps. We haven't even really gone to the actual like, here's what we're going to do. Step three is usually, in a lot of cases, it's the first step, which is fix the tracking and deploy offline tracking. And like I said, this is not something that I think a lot of personal injury law agencies utilize or personal injury lawyers, if they're running their own ads, yeah. They need conversion tracking. You're, I mean, you're flying blind without it. I know you know this, but I'm just, I'm preaching to the converted to you, but hopefully this gets through to everyone who's listening. Like set up your damn tracking for Christ's sake, like figure out a way to do it. And in this case, we knew that the most important event, which is signed cases, not calls, not leads, signed cases after the case review process, which takes sometimes weeks, 
we needed that offline conversion event for a signed case to train Google's algorithm, to give the algorithm, give the machine the feedback it needed to go out and find the right types of cases that would potentially end up in a settlement and you know revenue for the customer. So prior to launching a single ad, we made sure that everything was tracking, firing, and feeding the algorithm. So we were charging them for these first couple of months, Kasim. And to their credit, they're like, all right, when are we going to get leads? When are we going to get leads? They were patient. and But we were doing this in concert with doing all the strategies that we're going to be talking about here. So patience is a virtue and it paid off greatly. And as you can see, they did spend a fair amount, but they were kind of targeting the wrong keywords too. Like they weren't really going after the car accident niche. They were getting these slip and fall workplace compensation kind of things, spending 1.3 million over the last year, which is not an insignificant sum, but they had no idea like if the damn thing was working. Mm. The, the funny thing is that, and this is where Google and Meta come into play here. And I know with some of our joint customers, we, we have really good communication, I think, when it comes to this, is that there's always an interplay between the Meta platforms and the interruption marketing platforms which could be Snapchat, TikTok, anything, you know, Google Display Network, you know, for that matter, Google Performance Max. Like when people are aware of who you are, maybe see an ad, but don't click on it, you have to rank for your brand keyword. You have to be able to show in that search. So in this case, the name of the law firm was actually only appearing in 58% of the brand name search ads, name of law firm into Google, only showing 58%. And worse, they were paying $24 a click for their own brand keyword, which is an insane amount of money. So the problem was, is they were using smart bidding on this. So our team installed manual bidding got the impression share up to 98% as we'll get into in just a second here. And their cost per click dropped all the way down to about 10 or $11. I think it's now at eight or $9 per it's click. It's still really high for your own brand. That shows how still competitive high. this space yeah. is that somebody could bid your own name up that high because your quality score is so high. You're going to pay less than anybody else. But, yeah. but a note for folks here, if you're paying through the nose for your own name, you're doubling or tripling what your competitors are paying for it. So it's actually a worthy expense. Even if you're like, I'm going to get the click no matter what, it's going to come to me organically. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But don't you want to go cost your competitors money? You, you actually, in that particular instance, you want the highest threshold for pain you can set because you're always going to be the floor. So yeah. go set the floor really high because then maybe you can exhaust your, your competitors' patience and they'll stop bidding on your brand. That's a really good point, actually. Dude, that's super insightful. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. But yeah, I mean, even at... I mean, they were just looking at it like we're paying a lot here. But now the most important thing is they were appearing in the searches. Yep. So people were outbidding them. Other agents or other law firms were outbidding. And this is a well-known law firm in the state of Michigan. Like these guys are, they have a target on their backs for other PI lawyers. So they were getting outbid by their competitors, but we changed the uh, flip the script on that. And now they're appearing at nearly 100% of the searches, which is the key. Like if you're not even appearing, you're losing the game, right? right. So I think that was a, a, key, a key learning. So, and that sets the stage for how Meta and Google will work together in this case study. And I know we're going pretty deep here. So let's get into deep dive research. So the deep dive research side of the equation was, and I had mentioned this earlier, 
So we did a two-week study where we realized that there are really two distinct avatars for this customer. And each one at a really different spot. They were in a very different spot in the customer acquisition path, which is basically our, our terminology for the customer journey. So one was ideal for Google, Google search, and the other was ideal for meta ads. And I'll show you why in just a second here. So this deep dive research thing is something that we go, obviously, pretty deep on. <laughs> but the point is, is it pays off later on. And it's, you know, the 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 duck on the water that looks like it's just kind of cruising, but in fact the, you know, the 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 little flippers are going like a million miles an hour. This is what deep dive research is. You don't really see it until it kind of emerges. You're like, oh my God, that duck actually has feet. And sometimes it takes us two to three weeks to come out the other side so that the customer says, oh, that duck actually does have some feet. That's probably the worst analogy I've ever stated on this whole thing, but you know, screw it. We own the podcast. Right. Let's Castle. just own it. We're, we're own actually, it. we're going to change the name of the podcast to the Duckfoot Podcast. Duckfoot Podcast. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so they each needed sort of their own messaging and very, very distinct ways in which to approach them. So this is our deep dive research process. You'll see inside the slides, we've got 16 different measures that we go into. These ones we used customer reviews, the founder interviews, interviewed the founder, interviewed the staff pretty extensively. We also looked at some of their customer surveys, dove deep into their customer service communications, listened to their calls, obviously looked at their sales page, did as much research as we possibly could through this space and understanding personal injury, which we understood it anyway. We actually have two people on staff that have done this for years and years. Point is, is like we really had to understand who we're talking to. And then we sort of take all this raw data and then distill it, sort of squeeze it through this messaging lens process that we use. And then on the other side, we come out with the avatar. So these are like broad messaging, messaging that maybe will turn into ads, maybe won't, but it it identifies who that individual is. And then based upon who that individual is, how should we talk to them? in our copy, in our creative, in our videos. So in this case, avatar number one, which was ideal for Google ads, was we refer to as Accident Andy. I don't know why we name these things the way we name them, but anyway, Accident Andy. And he had just been in a car accident, one of the worst moments of his life. He wants to talk to somebody now. He might be actually calling from the site itself and the site of the accident, like on his phone, looking for personal injury car, you know, attorney or whatever it happens to be like on his Google search, hopefully sees the ad, clicks to call. And then in the ad themselves, like we have to talk to their frustrations and their fears and their wants and their aspirations. So, you know, he feels like he might actually need to go to the hospital. Like he's been angry that he was hit by a driver that was probably texting and driving and concerned how long he might be out. Like there's real psychographic factors here that we found in this avatar that we then needed to utilize in order to create our ads and our messaging so that when they saw an ad, they're like, that's me. That's me. I'm clicking on that ad. I'm calling. I'm going to fill out the lead intake form, whatever it happens to be, and ultimately hopefully become a signed case. So very, very good for Google ads is Accident Andy. On the other side, and this is one I think that a lot of law firms, especially in this space, have a real challenge with is, is post-accident Andy. I don't know why we didn't name her post-accident Patty, but anyway, be that as it may, as I've been prone to saying, she's very different. She had a car accident a couple of months ago, 
And but now, you know, she's she's been focused on recovery and healing, but her bills or medical bills are starting to pile up. And she's like, well, maybe like that accident I was in, I actually have a case. So not in the spur of the moment. Meta is not the place people go and search for a plumber when, you know, their house is flooded with water. Like they go to Google. But let's say if you had a leak and you have water damage and you realize maybe a week or two later, hey, maybe I can actually get a disaster specialist because the insurance company might pay for that. Maybe I see that on Facebook or maybe I see that on Meta. It's the same kind of thing in the personal injury space is that this, this avatar is very different. Bills piling up, stress of making ends meet, daily pain in the leg or the arm or wherever it happens to be. And she's worried about having her financial needs met, needs money maybe for medication, really wants her life back. So this avatar, very different messaging than avatar number one. And so our ads are going to reflect that in our messaging. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I think that the non-interrupter marketing that Facebook provides allows you to target people that might be a higher end prospect. There's more meat on the bone because you know the guy or gal that calls right out of the gate, they're, they're obviously good to get your hooks into, but no matter what, you have to be at the top for the, the, the page. So there's, if you're not in the top for the page, you're just out of the race. But if you can be intelligent about the way that you approach people and target them and speak to them, now you have time to kind of market in a silo and then market with, you know, there's more opportunity to present value proposition, for instance. Because if you're just talking about exact match search, right when somebody had an accident, you know, you have a couple hundred characters and you have to say certain things. People available now, call now, accident attorney, et cetera. But when you're going out to somebody... Now you have so many opportunities and they're multivariate and you can split test sliders, videos, case studies, testimonials, like all this really, it's just, just way more compelling content. It's actually, and I'm saying this as a Google ads guy, it's more elegant marketing. There's, there's a more elegant approach because you're nurturing these prospects. It's harder, but if you can do it, I think it's a better relationship builder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we, what we found is that, and you'll see this in the, the meta ads part is that the quality of the leads was less than the Google ads, but they ended up having more relevant and lucrative cases. So less quality on the leads, but the leads that did come in and the, the few that were really, really good just through a meta ad, through a click on a meta ad, and then ultimately to a signed case, at least through our tracking, we found that. So I think it speaks to what you're talking about. What we really don't know, and this is obviously, you know, attribution windows and, and view throughs is, is a lot of the meta ads, you know, identified these people and, and they got the brand search and they got the name of the law firm. And then they went over to Google. And as long as we appeared for that brand search for the law firm name, those were very good leads. Mm. So, cause they had already sort of made the decision, like the, these are the right guys. I mean, I've seen three or four or five ads from them. I've seen a video, I've seen, you know, an image of the, the owner and he kind of looks like a cool guy. He seems pretty casual. Like I saw him on a Super Bowl ad and like they were, they ended up being better, more lucrative from Facebook over to Google. At least that's what our team is, is telling us because there were more touch points 
which was which was really really interesting. So you want to bid on your your brand name? You know, oh, imagine God, yeah. doing all that work. You've got them ninety percent of the way there. They Google you, not paying attention, clicked on the first result, and it's not you. It's and not then you. some slick Rick salesman gets their hooks into them, and you just lost that that deal. And that's why the two the two platforms have to work in concert with each other. You have to be able to appear and we're appearing in 98% of searches for the brand search, which is, which is vital. Or you just have kick-ass, you know, SEO and you're constantly at the top, but still it's the ads that are going to be way above the fold on your phone anyway. So it doesn't really even matter for the SEO. The first result organically is four thumb scrolls down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's unreal. The first result is like the 15th result. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, you got to pay to play at this point. So, so anyway, so we started to, with these two avatars, now we have our base knowledge. So we have our foundation for our messaging. We started to create ads and develop messaging for all the different levels of customer awareness. Won't get into all of this here, but this is basically, you know, Eugene Schwartz's five levels of customer awareness. And then obviously we, we add a, a sixth one in customer acquisition amplification. You can get the slides and we'll give you a link to, to get those. So, started to developing the messaging. Then what we did is we took that deep dive research and we installed the creative lab. Now the creative lab, like I said, is sort of the top part of customer acquisition amplification. This is when we actually take the messaging, take the ideation and start writing the copy, start, you know, working out the, the videos, the images, like what are we going to do in our, in our, our, our B roll in our, like, how are we going to approach cold traffic? How are we going to approach level one traffic to ultimately bring them all the way through to become a assigned case? And that's where the creative lab sort of comes into effect. And this is another sort of, you know, next step after, after deep dive research. And here's a couple of examples that we used is that for somebody who is unaware, maybe that this is maybe for a meta ad, they're unaware of the fact that there's such a thing as a personal injury lawyer that might be able to get them money from their insurance company when their insurance company is giving them the wrong around. Mm. Like these are people that are kind of they're they have a problem, but they're unaware that there's actually a problem with a solution. So those people typically will need curiosity. And so, you know, ads that speak to this, have you been in a car accident? Is your insurance company not offering you the money that you deserve? Is your insurance company screwing you at this point? Like get some curiosity at those people that are sort of at that unaware stage. Now, people who are problem aware, they might be aware in the fact that, all right, I have a problem. I was in a car accident. I know there's such a thing as personal injury law, but I don't really know what the payoff is. Well, those people need hope. Okay. So you could be entitled to millions. So just one example of, of hope giving. We started to weave this into our ad copy and into our messaging. And then this sort of this next level of people all right, now I understand I have a problem. I know there's a thing called personal injury lawyers. I just need to find the right one. So in this case, perfect for meta ads is we fight for people in Michigan in this particular case. Very, very specific. We started using trust factors, you know, best personal injury law firm in the state of Michigan, all these sorts of things. Give me some clarity as to whether I'm making the right choice for the solution. And then the last but not least is even a little bit more on the assurance side. Okay, now I'm aware of this law firm name and I just need some assurance that I'm making the right choice and, you know, awards and accolades and, and proof, testimonials, all those sorts of things on the landing page 
or in the ad will speak to, yes, I've made that right choice. And now I'm going to click to call or click to fill out the application. So this process then ended up, so, so these are sort of the rough ideas that we had and then we manifested them and these are some of the ads. So you can see some of the ads here. These are all with the exception of the one that's sort of in the middle, which is a Google display ad. These are mostly, you know, interruption-based marketing ads to the demographic that we think we can target that has been in or is likely to have been in a car accident on Meta. And you'll, you see this, like, there are certain levels of awareness that we're targeting in all these individual ads. And in most cases here, these are ads where they are clicking either to a form, a Facebook form, or clicking to call now to a Facebook number. So there's two things there. There's two other things that people don't really do is filling out a Facebook form and then also clicking to call, but using a Facebook dedicated number so we can track that back through our tracking. So there's two elements to meta ads is direct response because you know post-accident Amy, I am not in the actual accident itself, but I've realized, okay, I need to do something. I need to take some kind of action. So in some cases, we're getting clicks, we're getting calls, we're getting leads. But in most cases, they see these ads and then they go over to Google and search for the brand name. And that was sort of the key discovery. So right messaging on all platforms. And you can see here, Kasim, the initial results that we started to get were that when we took over, well, this is a, a chart that actually shows sort of the cost per click and the search impression share. We started to appear in 98% of searches for the name of the law firm and basically halved the cost per click and halved the expense. So to your point, you know, a, a higher cost per click might thwart off the enemies of the state here. But in this case, we started to appear in more of the searches. So it made the Facebook ads that much more powerful. And that's, that was really a key step here. And you can sort of see that point of inflection right in August, or actually in July, I believe it was June and July. This is one of the first things that we started to see real impressions before we went after cold traffic and some of their Google campaigns. Does that all make sense? Yeah. I, I love, don't you love it as an agency owner when you can pull this out and be like the before and after so distinct. It's so like just stark. Oh yeah, it's killer. Yeah, yeah. It's not always the case. Sometimes it's like this slow burn, you know, and then you kind of have to remind people of where they came from. But it's nice when there's just this. This you flip the switch. Yeah, you you can kind of see like we. I think actually the tier eleven takeover was like four weeks before that. You can see the trend line starting to go down. Right. And when they cross, it's like oh, that's beautiful. It's like this is marketing nirvana. Mm. For somebody like us, you know, for crazy marketers like ourselves. So, so yeah, so we started to get those ads working well. We started to get, you know, the Google side of the equation working. And obviously the Facebook side was working and we're appearing in the searches. So we're starting to gain some traction. So the next step is, okay, what can we do in addition to the effectiveness of the ads, because we're starting to make some inroads here. So at this point, we added in, we didn't start this way, but we added in conversion architecture. And conversion architecture is our after the click division, as, as I know you're aware of. And what we realized is that the ads themselves, the, the actual pages themselves, really had sort of this 
in the desktop version, they had this funky sort of four sections. It was really confusing. It's like, why are you chunking this out, making it really hard for people to understand what it is that you do? Visually, it just, it. I mean, it's a nice looking page, but visually it's complex. Mm. The other part to it is that they used five different font sizes. It's a small thing but all caps in some cases, lowercase, they have Helvetica, they have Arial, they have like some other, you know, Cirque rounded, I think, which is way up on the top, like crazy stuff like that, or just, it's too busy. The eye just gets confused. I don't know where to look on this. And the last thing you really want when you're dealing with after the click stuff is to get people to, to force people to burn calories to figure out what you want them to do. And that was the problem here. And it was working okay, but we also realized, all right, we had the lucky orange script on there. We realized that people weren't clicking this call now button way up in the top. Although they were available 24-7, they were usually going to fill out the form and then they were stumbling on the form. You know, it had some sort of like script that was on it that that made it really load really slowly. The whole experience it was okay, and we could have gotten very good results without this, but this just added gasoline to the fire. So this was version A. This was the one that we, we started working on. As I said, the form itself needed a description box, didn't really have a big benefit to it. And so we started working on this immediately after we started to gain some results in, in mid-July. The, the mobile version, same kind of thing, sort of chunky, didn't have the, the number on the top, once again, the, you know, the form was sort of chunked out in these four different sections and the user experience just wasn't all that great. So what we did is on version B, we sort of changed everything up. We made it flow just a lot easier on the eye. We removed a lot of reader confusion, much cleaner sort of visual hierarchy that organizes the content in sort of natural ways. And the headline is filled with sort of this emotive copywriting that addresses the conversion in the right way. Or it addresses the conversation that's going on in the in the in the person's head. This is for our Google ads here. This is this is accident, Andy. I've just experienced the accident. I'm in pain, injured in a car accident. You know, get the compensation, pain, suffering you've you've experienced. Phone number is obviously at the top, and this is on the desktop site. So things were looking a lot better immediately. I like same that thing. Had representative available twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, absolutely yeah. super important. Well, and it also um, says legal representatives are available 24-7. And that's that's an important distinction because I don't want to call into your, you know, 17-year-old call booker who's just working after school. I want to talk to somebody who's a legal representative. And that that's a good authority builder there. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Good, good catch on that. The other thing on the mobile version, which you'll see in the slides here, is that the name is much smaller. Like in the first version, the the name of the firm was front and center big. It's like You've already made the decision to go for us. Like, we don't need to reinforce who we are. Let's talk about you. Let's not talk about us. And injured in a car accident, get compensation for the pain and suffering you've experienced is the headline, is the thing they care about. They don't now care about you. They care about them. And I think the, the copy here and the way that it's sort of all put together really speaks to that. And if we highlight the, the two big areas here, that's exactly what the net result was, is that people were, were taking action for something that, that really mattered to them. And even the copy itself in the middle part of the page speaks to the emotions that 
the customers or the potential client has experienced. Your time to seek financial relief after an accident is limited, so fill out the form or call us today. See if you qualify to receive financial compensation. See if you qualify. You know, the time is limited. The statute of limitations is limited. Lending some urgency here. They didn't have any urgency on version A. So it's subtle things like this all kind of working together that gives the reader the impression, all right, I got to do this now. And if you can't do that on a landing page, your chances are people are just going to back click and find somebody else that does exert a level of urgency. So version A and version B, you can kind of see them in the presentation, but very, very different. Cleaner, overall, mobile, same kind of thing. If you look at them side to side, you start to say, all right, well, this makes sense. Like obviously version B probably converted better. And that's exactly Pretty much what happened here is if you compare them together, version A versus version B. And oh, by the way, we also had this site speed issue. So part of the team for conversion architecture also has a dev component. And there was lots of plugins that were not updated. There was images that were too. There was these scripts that slowed down the page. So our dev team really focused in on how do we get this site to load faster? And so the, the site speed, which was horrific, I think it was in the 20s or 30s, all of a sudden started to increase slow, gradual improvements to a 98% load speed, which if your site or your landing page takes three seconds or longer to load, you are losing just about 60 to 70% of your traffic. And there's mm. data out there that shows this. So site speed is hugely important. So bottom line here is that conversion architecture results, this is for the first page for version A, is that we were getting cases that were, like I said, they were in the ballpark, custom. Like the, the goal for getting a signed case was $4,000. So there were we were getting cases for $3,400, which was pretty good. But we add in this conversion architecture element and add in version B, all of a sudden things really started to change. And this is the first couple of weeks of results. You can see it's a pretty stark difference, $3,400 per signed case. Now it's down to $1,500 per signed case, which is actually the signed case CPA that we're getting today as of January, as of this recording. It's because all these elements are really working together to make everything really resonate. And I, I think that is the key to so much of this case study. And as a result of that, we started to get pretty awesome results. And like I said before, we spent a half a million dollars, and which is not an insignificant investment. And not all personal injury lawyers are going to be willing to spend that. But these guys did. And as a result of that, they were patient. They waded through some of the things that we had to do first. And, you know, duck foot marketing took effect. And... We got 315 signed cases in four months at $1,600 a pop, which is going to be worth millions to them in commissions and settlements for their clients, which is the bottom line here. And we were able to do that and, and get some really good results, which we're, we're pretty damn proud of. So thoughts, concerns from the Google side, anything that doesn't jive with things that you know about Google and no, I'm doing the math right now. If I take 1600 bucks and multiply it by, you said the average personal injury is 30 grand. Mm. If I multiply it by $30,000. That means that's $48 million in awards. And then the 30% that the law firm makes, and I know they make 30 to 40, but let's say 30. 
That's $14.4 million. So they spent $500,000 to make $14 million in theory. I'm going to revise that a little bit because I love your math, but it might be slightly inflated. So if 315 cases are all of them are signed cases that have a, I think it's $40,000, $30 or $40,000 in payouts. It's about 9 million in payouts. And then the firm oh, I'm takes the wrong number. Yeah. Between f- cases, sixteen hundred dollars isn't the number of cases, it's the cost per case. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Right. So depending on if the law firm takes thirty or forty percent, I, I forget which it is in this particular I believe it's Those thirty. Are, these guys are minting money, dude. I'm gonna go be an attorney. Okay, so nine yep. million and then they yep. take thirty percent. Yep. Two point eight, almost three million dollars. Dude, they're all, they're getting a six X. Yeah, that, so it's a six X. Six X ROI is like that's unreal, especially for this industry. Are you kidding me? That's unreal. It's unreal. Now, I mean, in some of those cases, we're just using like the bare, like the average. Yeah, they're going to get a couple million dollars. Like I'm, I'm on his website right now, and I really love. He does this really good, this comparative analysis: what the insurance offered and what we got. So there was yeah. a settlement where insurance offered three hundred grand, and they got eight point three million. Yeah. So there's going to be a couple of really big hits here. And one really big hit, I love industries like this. I love industries where one big hit pays for the year. We've got yeah. a client that does specialized type of technical implementation for hardware. If you get like, you know, 600 Cisco computers and you don't want to have to re-up with Cisco the next year, you can go bring these guys in and they, they do like, you know, aftermath, aftermarket type stuff. And most of their clients are small and, you know, we're kind of just self-liquidating, paying for the ads. But one client will pay for the next 15 years of ad spend because Intel comes in and they're like, all right, let's do this thing. And now it's, you know, it's just over for them. So those are always really fun to play with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that. And, um, you know, and there's a lot of kids, like the reason why a lot of personal injury lawyers, I think, struggle is because they can't even get that one case. Right. Like they're... You know, it's one of the guys that I used to work with. He's like, you know, just ham and egger. I'm a ham and egger. I'm getting, you know, workman's comp, slip and falls. Like I haven't had a big case in a long time. And so, you know, I'm making minimum wage here. Like there's a lot of law firms that are like that. Yep. We changed that trajectory with them through some of the SEO stuff we did with them. And now they have 16 offices. But the point is, is like one or two big cases not only makes your year, it might make make your career. Yeah, really. Well, and and more just not just a, a financial perspective, the ability for him to build these case studies, you know, like he actually says fourth largest verdict in Michigan in 2019. Yeah. That's a that's a really big deal. And you got to kind of pay to play in that ecosystem. The thing that we're not saying here that we should say, and I guess you've said it already, but making a point about it is they spent a half million bucks. Yeah. And if you have to be able to field a battleship that can contend with your competitors. And so if all your competitors, especially with $800 CPCs, if your competitors are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and you can't spend that, well, you know, the market sets the rate. It's an organic ecosystem. And if you were spending five grand a month, dude, could you imagine like spending five grand a month in ad spend, which is about the average small business's ad spend, right? Five grand a month minus $872 CPC, you get six clicks. You better hope one of those is a winner. You better well, first of all, you better answer your phone yeah. every time, 24-7, 365. So yep. don't miss a single phone call because that's an eight hundred dollar phone call. And then don't be off. You know, you better have a good salesperson or whoever's doing the intake. Um, 
Yeah, you just there's a there's a way to reverse engineer the economics of so many industries to decide whether or not it's even viable in the first place. I wish people started businesses this way. Yeah. I wish people said, "Oh, I want to I want to open an ice cream parlor, you know, here on on this these cross streets. Why don't I go run some ads first and see what it ends up costing me?" Oh God, Cold Stone's right down the street, and they're just carpet bombing the ecosystem, and everything's so much more expensive. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't yeah. that the first approach? Everybody does everything hard and expensive first, and then yeah. they run ads, and they're like, "All right, let's cross our fingers and hope this hail mary works." Right, right, yeah, like that's the lean startup kind of methodology. I mean, that was, I mean, uh, I remember first sort of reading about that in the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss. It's like, should I write a book? Well, what's the name of the book going to be? Well, I'll test a bunch of titles on Google pay-per-click and a four hour work week was the thing that stuck. He's like, people are really clicking on this and loving it. And I think he had like a form to fill out to like get the book and like an email list. And he's like, I guess I got to write the book now. Yeah. You know, and then it became like now Tim Ferriss is Tim Ferriss. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. It's like reverse engineering and thinking about it, like testing the concept of what it is that you want to do first is a very smart way of approaching business. And I think very few people do that. I think in the personal injury space, it's hard. I mean, it's, I mean, business is hard in general. Let's just like say it's trite and, you know, overused in the expression business is hard, Kasim. Business is The point is, it's like this law firm has a war chest of previous success that they can then invest into advertising to make them even more successful. So in some ways, they do have an unfair advantage. So if you're going to go into this, I'll spend $5,000 a month for $800 a click, like, don't bother. Like, you you need to figure something else out because it's not going to work for you. You know, you need to spend to train the algorithm too. Remember, right. like we're training machine learning here and it doesn't learn from one event. It learns from many events. We're, t- we're paying Google to go to school. If I was a young attorney, I would run a national campaign and go bottom up. So national campaign, but bid so low that I'm, I'm not competing against people that are bidding high. Instead, I'm, I'm, I'm capturing the top half of the first page where there, aren't, where there is no competition. And then try to figure out like where this traffic is landing. And then how hard is it to pass the bar in a new state? Do you have any idea? Is this a stupid no idea? idea. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, you pass it in one, you pass it in all of them, right? Like you I just think. go take the test again. And I yeah. don't know, let's say, let's assume that that's not an insurmountable issue. I would use advertising to point my muzzle as to where I go. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, whatever. Atlanta, Georgia has really low CPCs for PI right now. I want to be a PI attorney. I'm moving to Atlanta. You know, that just feels so much more tenable to me. I don't know. I'm sure I just pissed off all the attorneys that listen to us. It so makes sense. I mean, in an ideal world, like if you're considering going into personal injury law, I would do that. Dude, if you're considering anything, franchises should do this. Right. I think you do that with a franchise, don't you? Well, so I, I pitched this. There was a dental office. They were really, really adept entrepreneurs. I will say that. I'm not bashing them at all. And they were this conglomerate that would either go in and buy dental offices, but they stopped buying because buying it got so expensive. You know, you're not just buying the office and the equipment, you're buying their EBITDA and their brand. And, and then, but then they, they, they wiped the brand half the time. So they started opening their own dental offices and they opened, I forgot the guy's name. I think his name was Al or something, but Al used to work for first McDonald's and then Burger King. And Al's job was to decide where the next McDonald's is. 
And Al had, and he had, a, he had a systematic way of doing it, but it was so old school. It was like old city plots and growth projections. And Al would literally, they're like, all right, we want a dental office in Dallas. So they'd fly Al down there. And Al's a million years old, you know, and he gets into his old Cadillac and, and he, he just drives around Dallas and he like, you know, licks his finger, puts it in the air. And he's like, okay, I think this is a good spot. And so what I told them was, y'all get me the five best intersections and I'll run ads. And I'll let you know which of these intersections performs the best because dentistry is a snake eating its own tail. I've never seen an industry that's so bad. Like, dude, I could go, and I, you and I both right now, if you live in a major metro, you could go to the dentist for free for the rest of your life. Because every single dentist is offering free cleaning for your first evaluation. You only need a dental cleaning every six months. And there's a hundred million dentists next to you. Yeah. So it's just this, 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 this space that's it's so incestuous at this point. And, and I, they were putting dental offices based off of parameters that I didn't think were actually all that relevant, to be honest with you. So, mm. man, I just think that there's such a missed opportunity here. I realize I'm bogarting your case study right now. I got really excited about this. But for whatever no, it's worth, no, if you're listening great. to the point that Ralph made earlier, in these case studies, you're not a law office. Fine. There's so much here for you. There's so much meat on this bone and so much to chew on. And this being one of the many things, like if you're in an ecosystem where the cost per click is $870 and you can't afford to spend 500 grand, what do you do? And this might be it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, super, super good to get your your take on it. And I actually thought you're going to poke more holes in it. So I'm sort of- No, dude, I I'm, thought it was I'm great. Pre I'm pretty excited. It just, it pisses me off because we don't do post-click stuff. We don't do multi-channel stuff. And so I see somebody that's, doing more work than I do. And I, I resent you. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. It's one no, of the reasons I, I, why I you have, do it. yeah, it's one of the reasons why you have a full head of hair and me, not so much. I think it's probably because of that. But I can't like, grow a full beard, Ralph. It's so patchy. I don't know. Well, that's because you got it all on top. Thing? Is that what you it have is? to lose more on top and then it, it migrates downward through gravity. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll talk to you in 20 years and see how you're doing there. I'm excited for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll only have 10 years left on my contract. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years left on the contract, a 30-year deal. Yeah, Amazing. I can be as many as I want. Locked in. Like, yeah. With all that money you're going to make, you're going to be able to have a, a house full of books, uh, not just like one room. So multiple. you're going to have to build like a new wing. Yeah, a book yeah. wing. A book wing or a library. Costumes library. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. This has been this is like one of the most exciting case studies I think we've been a part of here at Tier Eleven. Hopefully, you know you were able to get something from this, whether or not you're a personal injury lawyer or not. If you are a personal injury lawyer and you're patient and want to deploy this and want to work with us, we'd be happy to talk with you. If you want results within two to three weeks, don't call us. Call somebody else. <laughs> I think I said that before, but seriously, like this is, we're pretty excited about this. Like cracking the code in this space is very rare. I've been at it doing this for 10 years and I haven't seen anything like this. I'm pretty proud of our team to be able to execute the way that we, we have here. So certainly contact us over at tier11.com. There's our little pitch. In the meantime, subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening to this show. And let us know what we can do better. We also still have the perpetualtraffic.com website. So that is now ours. Thank you very much, Ryan Dice. And forward slash better on perpetualtraffic.com. Go over there and, and put in some words of you know things that you want to see or, or ways in which we can improve. We 
We read every single one of those. Make sure you follow me over on LinkedIn and also on Twitter. I'm now back on Twitter, Kasim. Are you tweeting? And, yeah, I'm tweeting. You're tweeting on a regular basis. But yeah. Is it because you, you on took Twitter? Is that what brought you back over? Uh, no. no. Had nothing to do with it. <laughs> We don't care. <laughs> if anything, it'd probably make me not want to be on Twitter. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But follow Kasim on Twitter at Kasim Aslam on Twitter. Your tweets are awesome, man. Go back and listen to previous episodes and all resources that we mentioned here will be in the show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 